right, and welcome back to another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G, and podcasting is what I do. I guess this is what I do. Uh, we're back. I'm glad to be back. This episode, we're going to go back to my bread and butter. We're going to talk about sports. We're going to talk about Atlanta sports, to be more specific. Uh, I like to talk about Atlanta sports because I live in Atlanta, and that's what's up. Um, being an Atlanta fan is hard. It's a struggle. It, it always is, but you got to have a lot of heart to be an Atlanta fan. And that's why I brought somebody on this episode to talk about Atlanta sports, none other than the notorious. I want all my teams to kick ass and take names and be world beaters. Antoine Banks, what's going on with your brother? What's up, Leo G? Appreciate the intro. <laughs> Is it not true, though, man? You you wish and desire for all the teams here in this city, man, to be, to be world beaters, man. We want to be put on the sports map here in the United States just like you know, the Boston's and the L.A.'s of the world, man. Oh, absolutely. What what city, you know, what fan doesn't want that for their team? You know, my my thing is I strive for just consistency. Only thing they've been consistent in doing is just being inconsistent. I mean, that's <laughs> that that's the whole thing about Atlanta sports. You know, they, they build you up, and then all of a sudden you just waiting for that heartbreak, and that heartbreak usually come right on time. So, it's you know, it's, you, you just want to change. It's getting old real quick. Yeah, it is. I mean, we stick with it. It's the home team, man. So we 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 have stuck it out. We have we we now banks. We have seen some marginal success. We have seen a World Series at least in our lifetime championship by the Atlanta Braves, and we also have seen an MLS championship by Atlanta United. Now the other professional teams in this city, not so much uh, success. They've they've had some. I don't know. What would you call the success of the Falcons? Like, do you even call – is it marginal? Is it like – I mean, because as of right now, I mean, we're literally like the butt of every joke in the NFL, well, for, for, for professional sports for that matter. So, I mean, what, where, where do you gauge the Falcons as an organization at this point? Well, I, I think over the times, you know, we see all the ups and downs and more downs than ups, that's for sure. But – for me, what I think where they are is they they're lost. You know, they're in a transition to find a new regime, a new identity. You know, and it's it's it kind of sucks, man, because you know you thought you had something when you when you had Dan Quinn going to the Super Bowl, but we all knew what that was. You know, at the end of the day, you know, and it's 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 kind of like we always that team that gets hot. At the at the, the time when no one is expecting, we run into another team that's even hotter, and they beat us. I mean, it's just it never fails. You know, it goes with the Braves. You know, you you were up three to one on the Dodgers, but Dodgers came back and won three straight, and there they are, World Series World Series champions. So I mean, it's just like when when we get that moment where we're all that we that team. You know, when we just gonna beat whoever's in front of us. We always got to play that buzzsaw, and it's always that I don't know. We we that that bridesmaid, never the never the bride, <laughs> bro. You know, I, I don't know, man. I think the luck of change here. You know, it's funny. It, we're, we're living in 2020 right now, and there's a lot of like weird things going on. Maybe 2020 will just flip the curse or the alleged curse, as people would like to say on the on the sports teams in this city. And maybe we'll see some luck moving forward in 2021 because 2020 has not been a great year. Full Atlanta sports, like you just said earlier, Braves up three to one in the NLCS, end up losing to the Dodgers, who 
by the way, go on to win the World Series. The Hawks, not even null and void. They, they don't even make it to the playoffs, don't even make it to the bubble in Orlando. And then Atlanta United, who we'll talk about in just a minute, they do something that they haven't been, they haven't done since they've been in existence, Bank. So we'll talk about that, that in just a minute. So if, first off, I want to talk about your Atlanta Falcons. That's right. I said your Atlanta Falcons. Okay. I'll I, I take that. <laughs> It's my Atlanta Falcons, Leo G. <laughs> Man, no, so listen, the Atlanta Falcons have had their struggles this year. Uh, you know, we all know, we've talked about it in previous episodes, they they lost their coach, the previous head coach, Dan Quinn, uh, now Raheem, under Raheem Morris, which ironically, they're 3-1 and one on, under Raheem Morris, and I want to talk to you about that. Uh, the GM is not gone. We're in the we're in the middle of a rebuild. We've talked about how moving forward, this is going to be a new team. Um, the end of this season, no matter how it plays out, no matter what happens, we we're going to see a new team moving into twenty twenty one, especially with a new GM and a new head coach. So once again, Banks, how do you feel moving forward into twenty twenty one? Looking at the future of this franchise, what do you see happening here? Well. Obviously, we're going to get a new GM, a new head coach, a new regime. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of, you know, got my arms crossed right now because I don't want to go off the deep end and say we're going to get a new quarterback like a lot of people think we are. But I kind of believe that that uh, Matt Ryan's going to be here for another couple of years because, because you know, financial situations. Um, what I'm expecting, you know, um, maybe for once we get an identity. I'm, maybe I'm holding out hope. Maybe I don't know, but I, it's worth a shot. You know, maybe this new head coach will actually be that guy. Be like, you know what? What you guys got going on here is not working for me. Let me go ahead and clean house, and let me put my guys in here. And let me show you how it's done. That's what I'm hoping. By the way, um, I mean we can only hope, man. I, I'm kind of I've been numb to it. Through, you know, these last four or five years, man. I'm just. I'm just going through it. It's nothing that I'm expecting. You know, I'm tired of, you know, saying what I'm expecting and it never comes through. So I'm just sitting here. I'm just waiting, twirling my thumbs. And it's a bad spot to be in as a fan because it's it's torture. You want to be all in with them, but then they you get all in and they shoot you out the sky and you come crashing down head first. You know, and it's it is and it sucks. It does. It does. And you have to take it for what it's worth. I think at this point, being an Atlanta fan, we take we take things for what it's worth. We're not, you know, the Falcons specifically aren't a story franchise, right? Um, we, we can't, you know, you talk about cities like Dallas, you talk about cities like Pittsburgh, you talk about cities like San Francisco where, and, and of course I cannot forget about New England where they have multiple championships. So the expectations are always high every year. I mean, here, like, you know, we've always talked about this, Banks. We don't have any expectations anymore. We don't. I don't know if that's good or bad because I know like if you are a fan of New England, you are expecting excellence. Right now, New England is not where they once were. I mean, of course, we know Tom Brady is gone. They have a new quarterback in Cam Newton. They just barely beat the 0-7 Jets the other night. So, I mean, that fan base is probably, like I said, even though they have championships, they have set the bar high. So, there are a lot of expectations. Here in Atlanta, we don't have any expectations. We can drink a beer and watch the game and say, hey, you know what? We won. Oh, hey, you know what? We lost. So I don't know if the pressure is off as far as us being fans and like having those that high bar of expectations. I can just watch a game and be entertained, Banks. 
I mean, that's the only thing we are, you know, we're left to is just being entertained. You know, when you talk about teams like Pittsburgh and your, your New England's, your Frisco's, your Dallas, you know, teams that actually felt and tasted success multiple times. We don't know what that feels like, Leo. That's not something we can sit there and say, you know, once we get multiple championships, we're going to do this, this, and that. How about we just get one? You know, maybe we get one, maybe the whole fan base will change. I feel like it would. Um, you can kind of feel the the way, you know, do a comparisons of teams. Uh, the Falcons versus Hawks versus Braves versus United. We all know Braves got a championship. We don't have that much criticism towards the Braves just because they have a championship. And I think a lot of people see them as, well, at least they got that, you know, United hasn't been there long enough to be criticized, you know, but again, they got a championship. So I don't think that criticism going to come with United no time soon. Oh, oh, when, it's coming. It's, well, it's, it's coming. coming. It's no, down no, no, the no. pipe. It's, it's, it's coming. But at the same time, when you're talking about United, people who love the, you know, United and people who love Falcons equally, you can't talk to them the same. You know, Falcons is a whole nother feeling. You want to talk about Falcons and, and 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 about success? We can't say much. We can't say much at all. Like it's like we say a couple of blah 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 blah, and then we shut the hell up, you know, because it's it's that's it. You know, only thing we can beat our chest on is the fact that we got a brand new stadium. I mean, it's just it's it's not that's that's don't not forget we to brag about. I mean, don't forget we got some brand new uniforms too that are pretty cool. Oh well, you know, a lot of people think they butt ugly, but you know, it's, it's <laughs> for us. You know, we 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 natives. You know, we we gravitate towards them because it it, it kind of takes up the makeup of the city with ATL, and I appreciate it. A lot of people don't get it, so you don't expect them to get it. And, they, and, they, I, I, and it's not for it's not for them to get it's not for them right. to get. But you right. know, like I said, we'll we'll roll with them, and hopefully, like I said, with we see a new regime coming. Hopefully, everything will fall into place. I do see some things here that I do see maybe a window and a chance of opportunity if we get another coach in here and another GM to say, okay, you know what, we can salvage just a little bit because there are some things that they could do to 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 make this happen. We've seen this. In the past, banks we we're we're longer long enough in the tooth to see teams like if I can say the Denver Broncos and uh, the 49ers with some pieces. You know, you, we saw John Elway just for example later in his career win a couple of championships down the stretch because things were changed up. They had a coach that was with John Elway for quite some time. We're very familiar with him and Dan Reeves. They let him go brought in another coach that we're very familiar with by the name of Shanahan. They were able to win championships there. And they were able to salvage some of the pieces that they had in Denver. So I don't know. It's going to be exciting to see how this all transpires out moving into 2020 with, uh, with, with a new regime GM and head coach. We still got to get through 2021st. Speaking of 2020, it just, the hits just keep on coming. So banks, let's get into it. Uh, Falcons, well, let me let me set this up. So we we had a player here that was drafted not too long ago by the name of his government name is Takaris McKinley. We called him Tack McKinley. Drafted as a defensive end not too long ago, twenty seventeen. That's only a couple of, well, three years ago, right, Banks? Correct. So comes into the league. He was highly touted defensive end out of UCLA. 
uh, very controversial uh, draft night speech that he gave. Uh, you remember that? Find me later. He cussed on a TV after he got drafted by the Falcons. The Falcons actually moved up to pick him because there was a run on on uh, pass rushes, and we wanted to make sure that we would, we would get our guy. So 2017, we get him. He's here in Atlanta, 2017, 2018. Uh, stellar, stellar guy. I mean, he put up some great numbers, right? 17.5 sacks while he was here. Um, you know, first round pick. Now all of a sudden, fast forward 2020. We didn't pick up the fifth year option on him, by the way, going into his fourth season. We didn't pick up the fifth year option, and now he's gone. Banks, he's gone. He was waived a couple of days ago, and he's now Cincinnati Bengal. I, you know, God, I don't know what it is with the Falcons over the last several years. Well, I do know, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Their assessment of talent, in my opinion, has to be just, I don't know. Let me go ahead and pull that card right fast before one, you go. One second. One, one second. Let me, let, me get, let me say something. Some moves that they have made have been, have been brilliant. Some, some, and others, most of them have just looked like horrible. I don't know what it is. Now, Banks, go ahead and make your point. You was going to allude to the fact that you wanted to talk about we haven't found talent in the past six, seven years. But guess what? That was the problem that we got rid of in, in Thomas Dimitrov. He's gone. You know, I, for one, can't understand for the life of me We've been searching, clawing, and, and and hoping for these pass rushes to come through here and make some kind of a difference of, of any kind. We haven't seen one since Abraham. And ever since Abraham, we, we've been dead in the water looking for a pass rush. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Every single person we brought in here has not panned out. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. I mean, it's like you can't be picking all these busts. I mean, that, that has to change at some point. You have to at least look up and find some kind of talent. I guess that's, you know, the, the life of a Atlanta sports fan. We just always strike out looking for talent. I mean, that's that sucks. You know, it's you you I can go down the list of different defensive ends that's came and left. Uh, old uh Playboy who was uh taking a selfie every other day in the in Ray Edwards. Um, with Vic Beasley, who played the opposite side of Tat McKinley, who's also gone, went to Tennessee and got released. So it's 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 frustrating, man. It's like, what what do we do? I mean, it's like every year, every draft, every offseason, what do we do? We're looking for a pass rush. We're looking for a pass rush. We're looking for a pass rush. It's 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 old, man. It's like, dude, find somebody to know how to pick a pass rush. Can we just do that one time? One time, please. Help it's, me out. it's com it's comical. It really is, especially when it comes to certain positions. It's quite comical. We can nail. We've literally, like, you know, to talk about Thomas Dimitrov in in the past regime and how he's nailed and been. You know, I think Julio Jones was a great pick. Now we can go into the specifics of okay, how that all transpired and what we gave up. Ultimately, a lot of people will say that you know we gave up too much and that's why the defense is where it is today. But we can't. Julio Jones is a phenomenal player. He's a you know once in a blue moon type of guy as a wide receiver. He's been great and phenomenal for the Falcons. Um, unfortunately, it just hasn't panned out. 
to where we've been able to have, you know, a lot of success, you know, i.e. a Super Bowl with him. But he's put up the numbers. Julio has been hurt. He's went out and he's performed and done things, you know, that we couldn't imagine as a wide receiver. One of the greatest wide receivers probably when it's all said and done to play in the NFL. Same here with, the you know, uh, Calvin Ridley. They drafted Calvin Ridley. When it's all said and done, I have no doubt in my mind Calvin Ridley will be one of the, another great wide receivers in the NFL. But when it comes to, like, defensive talent, I just – I don't know. You know, they just say, okay, you know what, they got tunnel vision. Let's talk about – we can see the offense, but defense, yeah, we'll, we'll put it together. We'll piece it together. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the whole, and just to get, just let's put some stuff into perspective, Banks. Before you, before you comment, let's put some stuff stuff into perspective. This is what I really want to talk about, right? So, just a little comparison here. Tack McKinley came in. Vic Beasley came in. He was a first round pick as well. Had you know, he had one great season, twenty sixteen, that Super Bowl run. He had you know what, seventeen sacks or something like that. Was the sack king was doing this thing, and we talked about some of that was due to the fact that the Falcons, you know, we were up 28 points on a lot of people. They ain't had no choice but to pass. That's why Vic was getting a lot of sacks. But he, after that, 2016, he fell off the map. Didn't see anything. Then we draft Tack McKinley to come in here. He was drafted in 2017. Like I said, 17.5 sacks. Now, just to give you a little bit of perspective here, okay, talk about another player that was drafted the same year Tack McKinley was drafted that the Falcons could have drafted, that the Falcons could have drafted, and I want you to comment on this, Banks. Guy by the name of T.J. White. That name sounds a little familiar because he has a big brother that plays in the league as well for the Houston Texans. Goes by the name of J.J. White. Now, T.J. White came into the league. He plays outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Been in the league since 2017. Very durable player. This guy has 41 and a half sacks. 41 and a half sacks compared to Tack McKinley's 17.5. And Tack McKinley, stay out. If I if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he played a full season since he was here. Absolutely not. So like, and 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 I went back and did some research. I did some homework. I looked at some, the scouting cards for both Tack McKinley and T.J. Watt. The, I mean, it was you know, it said that Tack McKinley needed some work. He wasn't refined. Now, T.J. Watt was not you know, elite level either, but his intangibles were probably more off the charts than Tack McKinley. And just from name alone, with his brother and his pedigree being J.J. Watt already in the league, you would think that it's like, man, you know, his brother is all world, man. This guy, we got to take a, 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 a stab at. But instead, we we go with Tack McKinley. And that's why I'm saying, what is the deal with him evaluating talent? Is it just something – I Banks, do you fully understand? I I don't. I don't get the scouting department. Um, I did. I also did some research on this. Um, that 2017 draft, the Falcons traded up from 31 to 26 to get Tack McKinley. T.J. Watt went 30th. If you were going to trade up, you would think you would trade up for that guy, but you went up and got. Tap McKinley and they blew the smoke up our butts talking about Dallas was going to get him. Dallas was going to get him. Okay. Well then let Dallas get him. You know, I mean, you can't tell me that whole off season tap was your guy. You just can't tell me that, you know, you can't just keep, keep pissing on our legs and calling it rain. You know, it's like, dude, it's 
at the end of the day, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You look at these two guys talent wise, they night and day. And you can't sit there and just tell me the tat was on your radar that whole time and you just TJ just went over the right under the radar. You you just can't do it. You can't do it. You and they can't do it anymore. Like you said, this new regime, you would want a whole total just 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 blow it up. Scouting department. The, the, yeah, the scouting department the, the scouting the scouting department has go completely. I'm I'm on board with you on with that bank. Scouting department has go. Another name, just to throw it out here, because we're talking about pass rushers specifically. There's another guy. You know, we drafted Vic Beasley back in 2015. Like I said, minimal. I, I went minimal success at, at, at He's out of the league right now, just to let you know. 2015 to 2020, five years in the league. He one year where he just kind of blew it away. The rest he just went to sleep. Got picked up by another team. Did nothing. He was waived seven games into the season. Another guy we could have drafted in 20. Uh, 2015, a guy by the name of Bud Dupree. A lot of us, Banks, I was on board saying we need to get this guy out of Kentucky. Another Georgia guy. And that's another thing, too. I don't know why we don't take Georgia guys in the draft, but that's a whole other topic of conversation. we have to visit that at a later date. guy by the name of Bud Dupree goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, somebody that we say, hey, we want. You know, I don't know if he fits the scheme schematically. I don't know. Is uh, you know, Does he put his hand in the dirt? Can he do this, that, or that? All I know, he got 37.5 sacks right now. He got 37.5 sacks on the opposite end of TJ Watt up there wrecking, wrecking havoc up there in Pittsburgh. Apparently, Pittsburgh know what the hell they doing. What the hell was our damn scouting? What would they do? We, we picked Vic, Vic Beasley. And, and you know. And he, wasn't I, even I the, know. he wasn't even the best defensive lineman in Clemson at the time. He was not exactly. So I mean, that's that's the thing where you know people get you know eyes got big that that draft. Oh, he went to Clemson, yeah, but that ain't the guy you wanted. You wanted that other dude, and and I forget his name escapes me right now. But th- that that can't be your guy. You know what I'm saying? You know he fed off that other dude. Vic Beasley ate because of that other dude. You know, and, and a good scouting department would see that. You know, and unfortunately. You know, we got the wrong person again. You know, it is it's it, it, it's the whole thing comes to a head, Leo. This is why our defense is where it is. Always the team that's got to stop, got to make a stop at the most important part of the game, and they can't do it. It's third and twenty-one, and oh, guess what? Twenty-five yard pass, first down. I mean, you 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 just can't do that as a defense constantly. I understand you may have a hiccup every once in a while. Because NFL teams do that, but not all the time. Like you can't be that. Cannot be your mo. They just can't. Well, part of that. Well, part of that. Had, we talked about that. Part of that had to do with scheme and what Dan Quinn wanted to do. You know, trying to mirror that that Seattle defense. And we talked about this. That Seattle defense. You know, you arguably you had three, four Hall of Famers on those defenses that he coached up in Seattle. You tried to bring in talent to mirror what you had in Seattle, and it didn't work. I mean, I. No disrespect to Deion Jones. He's no Bobby Wagner. No disrespect to, you know, uh, Vic Beasley or Tap McKinley. They're no Cliff Avery. And something that I looked at, too, and I did some research on with that Seattle defense, they didn't really build that defense through the draft. They got a lot of those guys through free agency, which is kind of funny because we never had enough money to go out and get into damn free agents. But, you know, Don Terry Poe, who's no longer with us, they brought him in. He did pretty well next to Grady Jarrett, but they just couldn't put all put it all together. Um, but yeah, the whole time Dan Quinn was here with that defense to to try to solidify to make it 
what he wanted it. He never got the personnel in here to mirror what what he had in Seattle. And that was like, you know, lotto. You know what I'm saying? You got those guys and they were able to perform like they did. But when you don't have the talent to do what, you know, Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner and Michael Bennett did up there in Seattle, and you're trying to run the same scheme, like you said, Banks, on third down, trying to run bracket coverage and rush four, and these guys can't do what you ask them, it presents problems. It presents a lot of problems. But Dan Quinn is gone. Hopefully they'll, they'll get rid of this whole scouting department. We'll get a new scouting department in. We'll get some fresh talent. We'll be able to hit the mark on some on some players that'll be able to solidify our defense. I want to move forward, Banks. Want to talk about another ATL team before I end the segment here, man? Because we both talked about this off air. Atlanta United, twenty twenty, they call Atlanta United. Atlanta United comes into the league twenty seventeen into the MLS, win a championship in twenty eighteen. Fast forward to twenty twenty, and now. Atlanta United has started to, you know, it's reality has is set in now with Atlanta United. Okay. We missed a mark with the playoffs for 2020. Ended up 12th in the Eastern Conference. Six wins, four draws, 13 losses, only 22 points. Uh, couldn't make the mark. Banks, I know you're a little disappointed. Well, a lot of disappointed, <laughs> just like I am. How do you feel about what Atlanta United was able to do this year? Well, for the most part, you know, it started off wrong. Um you know, right before the pandemic, we lost Joseph, and it kind of spiraled out of control from there. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people will say that it's because we lost um, Frank DeBoer, and it went downhill from there. But I, I, I think when we when you lose your mojo, you know, Joseph is the glue that that gives you that swag, that gives you that go. You know, and once you lose it, you you you're lost. And unfortunately, you know, they had nothing to fall back on after Joseph. So when your heart and soul is gone, it's that's just it. Close up shop. See you next year. You know, it, it's, it's unfortunate because you think that they will be more talented than that. And, you know, with other players around, but unfortunately, you know, I guess not. And, and, and not, and let's, and let's not forget, you know, we went down like I said, 2020 presented some other things that happened. You know, we went down to Orlando to play in the bubble down there. Um, we laid an egg in Orlando. Frank DeBoer, who was the the head coach, manager of Atlanta United, leaves mutually fired, mutually leave, whatever the case may be. Frank DeBoer is out. I know you were glad you were never on board with Frank DeBoer anyway, Banks. And Stephen Glass, who was coaching Atlanta United, two steps up to coach uh the 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 number one team for the rest of the season. And, and you know, give it to you know uh. Uh, glassy. He did the best that he could with what he had. Uh, there was a bu- there were a bunch of moving pieces in the MLS as it always is. I mean, this is not one of the Premier Leagues like you know over in Europe. So there are a bunch of moving pieces here in the MLS based upon you know salary caps and constraints due to DPS and things of that nature. But they you know they showed some sparks. They showed some things. I think in this season that looked okay and promising. But like I said, nothing to the point where you know you, you saw anything where they would do damage or get into the playoffs and, and, and do very well. We did pick up a new DP by the name of uh, Moreno. He came over. He looked pretty good. Um, I think moving forward into 2021, he's he's going to be a good pairing with Joseph uh, at the nine. But 
we're probably going to lose a lot of players. We're going to see the turnover in the MLS. We're going to see a whole different team by the time we get to 2021. Uh, one particular player I want to ask you about, Banks, here, and um, Barco, Ezekiel Barco. Mm-hmm. Do you feel he'll be back with the with the five stripes next year? I'm not sure. Um you know, I'm, I'm hearing different things, a lot of different talks. You know, they're even saying Remedy is not going to come back, you know, and um, no, no Remedy, no uh, no uh, Lorenowitz. Uh, um, they they saying all these guys going to take off, man. And if you lose all these players, man, it's like we back at square one. You know, it's it's kind of hard just to, to run the team with just one player. You know, you need, you know, you think about teams back to a couple of years ago when they won the championship, they had – a plethora of t- of players that fed off each other. I mean, it's just so many different guys that we just, you know, we, we, we see a guy make a play, you're like, oh, I forgot about him. You know, now it's like these these guys are, are falling off, and, you know, they're not going to return next year. And it's like, man, it's kind of depressing because you're, you're kind of left with a lot, of, a lot of no names. You know, it's just like, I guess you got to start over, you know. I mean, we we still we, we don't we don't have we don't have a lot of no names. We still got guys like Miles Robinson, hopefully to be around. I mean, um, for what it's worth, I think one of the the solid points that, that'll still be here um, for for a minute is is Brad Guzan, our goalkeeper. He's been very very clutch for us. He's he's done a lot. Um, I think you know, like I said, Moreno who who looks very very promising. Joseph will be back. We know he will. Have to build around that. And, of course, this all comes with having to bring a new manager in for Atlanta United for 2021. We know that they're going to try to finish out CONCACAF here in December. Um, I don't even know why we're trying to finish that out. Hell, we got blown out by Club America down there. Yeah, my- down, already down 3-0. Three, three <laughs> so, yeah, good luck yeah, with that. So, we're going to try to finish CONCACAF out. That's one of, the, that, that's one of those things that I think – it's a crown jewel that MLS is still chasing with with the CONCACAF to try to win this thing, man. I thought it was really promising uh, a couple of years ago with Atlanta United and what they've done since they've been able, you know, got in that tournament. Uh, Mex- the teams in Mexico being the harder teams to beat, to, to advance and move forward. And, it, of course, Banks, you know as well as I know how important that is for MLS to finally put somebody up, uh, crown a champion out of that CONCACAF tournament to move on to the Super Cup to play teams over in Europe. So we'll we'll see how it ends up in December. Not No expectations once again because right now we don't have a manager, but I don't know. We're going to have to come back and visit this in another episode and talk about uh, moving forward what Atlanta United is going to do. So we're at the Mark Banks, man. I appreciate you coming on. It's a lot of other stuff I wanted to get to and talk about, but, you know, you're just going to have to come back, man. We're going to have to do it again, right? Well, I'll be back. You know, just let me know. I'll be here. So, Banks, man, if the people want to get at you, man, tell everybody how they can contact you, man, via social media. Well, you can hit me up on BabyBanks80 on Twitter and the gram and Antoine Jarrell Banks on Facebook. That's what's up. And as always, man, this has been another edition of the Leo G Show. If you want to contact me, you can contact my personal Twitter. I'm at Southern Set. That's at Southern Set on Twitter. Also, if you want to contact the show, if you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to uh, talk, well, if you want to talk bad about this week's episode, you can 
send that directly to Baby Banks. He'll be he'll be sure he can. <laughs> hey, watch out! Tom. He'll, he'll watch be out. sure that he can he can talk to you about that. But no, so you can con- you can con- you can contact the show on Twitter. It's at the Leo G Show. The number the number one at the Leo G Show. The number one. You can also hit us. So we got a fa- Banks. Is anybody? I mean, I know you on Facebook. Are we still like the last of the Mohicans on Facebook? What is this? It seems like it, you know. Maybe I need to get my, you know, get 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 up to um, get get up to age, I guess, because I haven't really noticed that like Facebook ain't anything anymore. I'm like, damn, I feel old. I'm like, what, what, what? you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay hip. Like, we try, like, we trying to kids, stay hip. You know? But yeah, hit us up, uh, get in contact with us, and of course, as always, we appreciate the support, Banks. Thank you for coming on to the show and discussing Atlanta sports, and we'll definitely come back and do it again. This has been another edition of the Leo G Show. We're out.